I'm Ramel London and welcome to The Mainstream. This is a special edition recording of The Mainstream Podcast, live from the London Podcast Festival. Thank you, thank you. Welcome to The Mainstream Live Show! Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for being here, first of all. This has been a labour of love. I've been working on this since June. And um, yeah, just making it come together has been a labour of love. <laughs> That's the only way I can put it. But um, first of all, I have to say a big thank you to the London Podcast Festival for hosting the mainstream here. Can we give them a round of applause? Second of all, I have to say a massive thank you to uh, Bel Air, who are sponsoring. So the drinks reception was supposed to happen at the start. But um, so some of you might not got it. We might have to soiree afterwards, okay? We can all soiree together and have some Bel Air. But a massive thank you to um, Bel Air. Also, where's my girl DJ Taylor Ray? She's in the building. She provided us with the music at the start of the event. So thank you so much, DJ Taylor Ray. Um, what we love to do at the mainstream is celebrate talent. I know there's some ones to watch talent in there. If you're ones to watch, make some noise. You know who you are, you know who you are. So the mainstream ones to watch, we started in 2023 and it was literally a celebration of all the talent that's kind of coming through and uh, we wanted to just acknowledge you all. So hey presenters, hey actresses, hey DJs, how, hey actors as well. We appreciate you, we love you and we're continuing to support you. So um, yes, thank you so much for being here in general. And give yourselves a round of applause for being here. We've got so much coming up that we've got to cram into 90 minutes. So. I'm really excited to have my special guest, Joella Noble and London Hughes. Yes, my international babes. So excited. We've also got some new features. I, I need you to like say a little ooh. We've got the mainstream moments. We've got the mainstream dilemmas. We have a sponsored competition and prize from Garden Studios Hive, a free podcast session. Yes, it's going to be good. So get involved, enjoy the vibes. Um, but most importantly, actually, no, before I say that, you will see on your chairs, you probably already got them, like little post-it notes, a little badge, you can have that, excuse me. Um, little paddles, that's for the mainstream dilemmas. So write down your dilemmas if you haven't. When I say dilemmas, we mean like, you know, oh, my boss said this to me, and I didn't know what to say. That can't, We're going to answer that. <laughs> we're going to answer that. And um, we just want to be able to have an open space where we can talk about what we're really going through in the industry, you know what I mean? Like, how many of you are creatives? Okay, good. How many of you are just here for the bands? <laughs> Listen, I'm here for the bands too, you know? Let's, let's have a good time. Um, but no, I feel like I have to address kind of an elephant in the room, because um, some of you might have noticed that I left Capital Extra two weeks ago. <laughs> now, you lot want tea, innit? You lot want tea. All right, the elephant in the room is that, in all honesty, I'd been there six years. I had the Saturday 1 till 4 p.m. slot, which was amazing, but I didn't feel like I was able to create content that I love. I wasn't able to, to push the things that I wanted to push. I wasn't able to celebrate the things I wanted to celebrate. So at the start of the year, I really started pushing the mainstream even harder. So we've been doing press junkets, we've been doing screenings, we've been hosting our own events. So I'm really grateful for this opportunity, but I have to take it back a little further. So obviously, one of my inspirations is Oprah Winfrey. Funny story. I wrote her a letter in 2016. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> Google Docs is the best. It just popped up the other day. I was like, all right. Um, 
this is my letter to Oprah, and this is what's driving me right now, because this is still exactly how I feel. Dear Oprah, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for everything you've done. Your work has not only inspired my career as a broadcaster, but also given me hope that as a young black woman, I can achieve anything. My name's Ramel. I'm 26. I live in North London, England. I've moved now, but it's okay. Uh, I studied broadcast journalism at the University of Leeds and graduated in 2010. In the last five years, this is old, <laughs> I've come to terms with the fact that my degree has probably only contributed to 20% of my career so far. Of course, I'm grateful for this opportunity to graduate as a professional with a degree, but really, I couldn't have continued this career choice without you leading the way as a role model. Whilst watching season 25, Oprah Behind the Scenes, I was inspired to create my own television show, The Showroom. Anyone remember The Showroom? Thank you, longtime friends. <laughs> and The Showroom started as a platform to showcase new talent, but now as I begin to create my third series, that didn't happen, um, <laughs> after reading what I know for sure, I know for sure that I was put on this earth to use my skills and be a role model, an influencer, and I don't know why I said influencer, and inspire as many people as possible. I know it's never been easy to be a black woman across the world. And I'm so inspired by you and all of the influential women across America who continue to encourage me to be a high achiever. I, for one, have not suffered the oppression some of my role models have experienced. However, I still believe and have experienced the limitations of being a black woman here in the UK, particularly as a darker skinned woman. I've worked for numerous media organizations and I feel like the color of my skin has often been a concern for the casting agents, the TV producers, and the British public in general, as they're not always sure what to do with me or where to place me based on my race rather than my talent. It's a long letter. <laughs> I am very aware that black people are a minority here in the UK and it's apparent when I turn on the TV as I'm not always able to see someone like me represented in a positive way. So my aim is to follow in your footsteps, to create my own TV shows, produce diverse, innovative, and authentic content, to break all the conventions and be a role model and inspiration to not only young women in the UK, but also young people around the world. I thank you for showing me that I can also lead the way for change in the broadcasting industry the same way that you have. It's beautiful, however, somewhat disappointing that you are my inspiration from such a long way away, as I wish I had more UK inspirations. Although there are incredible black female figures, there's loads more now, but at the time. Moira Stewart, big up Moira. Margarita Taylor, June Sarpong, Charlene White, Trisha Goddard. Yeah, I'm very proud to say that they are leading the way with their own responsibilities across news and daytime television. However, I aim to go above the white collared bosses by paving the way for a new generation of talent. My goal is to own an international production company and studio as you have led the way, not only for myself, but also those who will follow in my footsteps. I've written this letter to you almost as a diary entry in my own Dear Oprah adaptation of what I know for sure. Because last year I was emotionally fatigued, depressed and wanted to give up my dream. But something made me think, what would Oprah do? And so my question to you is, as a creative and huge inspiration to many people around the world, of course, including myself, what keeps you going when you want to quit? And why have you continued to pursue your career even against the odds? Here's my little cheesy. It would honestly mean the world to me to have your advice. And I promise to fulfill this journey and my career in dedication to you as Ramel London. Thank you. Listen, that little, no response. Um, however, 
the fact that I stumbled across this the other day was like, it blew my mind of how far I've actually come. That was 2016, 17. Then I got my job at Capital Extra in 2017 and was able to do amazing things, but I still feel like this letter hasn't been fulfilled. So that's why I created the mainstream. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. That's why we're celebrating amazing black women in particular tonight. And all of you in here as well, I want to celebrate you all. So are you ready to kickstart the mainstream live show? Amazing, amazing. All right, my first guest is an incredible TV presenter, radio presenter, live host, and an absolute boss babe. Please welcome Joella Noble. When she stepped in looking like a snack, my damn ready to a thug. Been a Come on, show them. And you know it was never yes. luck. When I stepped in looking Fine. like a snack. She definitely came through looking like a snack. Hi, everyone. Oh, I love that. I love that. At least with my bag as well, you know. Where are you going, babe? I can't trust people these days. <laughs> you yeah, never know. Hey, Joella. Hello. Welcome to the main stage. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited. This is beautiful. No, it's Thank really you. nice that we can do this. And Joella knows I've been hounding her for like months to get her on the podcast. And then I thought, you know what? Let me get her at the live show. Yeah, man. Yeah, even, man. Even better. So, all right, let's get straight to it. Because we, we first met a few years ago. Um, we first met a few years ago on the Foot Asylum shoot. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Wow. We, it was like a, um, like a who's lying kind of thing. Yeah, I can't remember what it was called, but it was like, you got to like, make up lies, but some things were the truth, and yeah. we were getting to know each other. And I learned so much about We us. really bonded that day, actually. <laughs> I was like, girl, you grew up in Brooklyn? Wow. Yeah. Like, learned so much. So, yes, you're born and raised, well, you're born in London, yeah. South London to be specific. That's right. <laughs> Grew up in Brooklyn. Yeah. And now you're back killing it in the mainstream, which we love to see. I'm trying. Um, but I need to know, what was young Joella like? Oh, my gosh. Young Joella. Well, before I went to New York, um, I, was, I was five when I went there. But I have, like, visions of, like, running around the estate in West Norwood with no shoes on, no socks on. Don't judge my family, all right? It was, it was a community, okay? Everyone knew everyone. And um, I had a boyfriend, his name was Tristan. We still actually haven't broken up. So what? technically we've been cheating on each other for decades. But, um, but yeah, I just remember being like super mischievous, you know? I was the youngest of all my siblings. My dad's got loads of um, kids as well who were also my siblings, but who we grew up with in the yeah. house. I was the youngest. Um, so yeah, I was like quite advanced mm. growing up, I think. I think I was always like a little gangster, oh. or I thought I was. Um, and then in Brooklyn, yeah, like I really, I really did think I was a gangster. I love that for you. Yeah, no, <laughs> I had to, I just remember like having a British accent, being super duper pale, and them calling me white girl. Oh. And I remember like from then like feeling like, <sighs> like crying and just be like, I'm not a white girl, what do you mean? And like oh being God. like, just feeling like, do you know what, I'd have to like always like be strong in who I am and like not allow anyone to take me for idiots. Tell them, so, right. So that was it, I wanted to be a rapper. I still secretly do. <laughs> and my name was Fugged Out Barbie. So like, I stand 10 toes down on like wanting to be a gangster. Big up, fucked <laughs> out Barbie, we love to see it. Yeah, so coming back to England was a, a super culture shock for me. And, um, but of course, you know, this is where I was born. So it's been a beautiful journey. 
Um, but, you know, within my career as well, just like trying to navigate that and figuring out, all right, fine, you're not going to be a rapper. You know, you can't sing, so you're not going to be a singer, but you do want to do something creative. And it's just been a, a journey, it, just exploring that, really. I love that, because I do recall seeing you. You started your own magazine when you was a teenager, right? Yeah, well, I was like about 19, 20. Okay, fair. So That's still young. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it was kind of bootleg. You know when you, you, know when you like, have a, um, like a resume or something, and you just you know, make it sound like it's way better than it actually is. Oh. That's, th that's definitely what that was. But I just needed an excuse to leave my full-time job that I absolutely hated. I Where was, was you working? I worked numerous places, but like the last place was a SEO agency. I was doing like admin, HR stuff, you know, things that we all need. But Lord Jesus, I did not want to do it. Yeah. You know, I would be like the best employee for the first three months. And then after that, it's resentment if you ask me for anything. <laughs> so I just, you know, I lived by myself from quite a young age. So um, I always had to like go to uni and work, like do a full-time job. So really I wasn't going uni, you know, I was just working. And then I felt like I had grown up way too quick. I was like doing real adult stuff and paying real adult bills way too early. And so I just thought, no, I need to like follow my dream and do something creative. That's so that's what that was. That was like, I'm doing a magazine. No, that's, that, <laughs> listen, that takes a lot of guts to be like, I'm going to do my own thing. So uh, yeah. big up you, man. Doug Thank Barbie. Yeah, um, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> so, okay, when did you decide to step in front of the camera? Um, yeah, it really was with that magazine. Like, it was an online magazine and I had interviews. So oh, I was, sick. yeah, so I was like interviewing and producing my own interviews with, with people like that I've, you know, a lot of people wouldn't really know, but to me, they were just inspirational because they were t turning their passion, making it into professions, mm. and that's what I wanted to do. So I did like whole hour and a half long interviews with these people, playing games with them, and just like kind of, like no one was giving me the opportunity, mm. you know? So I'm sure you can relate to that. Girl, like you've got to create your own. So yeah, I was. It was super scary to do it, and still is to this day. Yeah. To do things like that, but yeah, it was an excuse. Well, I mean, from my perspective, you definitely established yourself in the UK music scene, uh, doing work with GRM Daily, um, having your own show on Rinse FM. This is early doors. Mm. So how did you put yourself out there to get on these platforms? Um. Oh man, it was just like you know, little stepping stones. Mm. So it was with my online magazine and then, you know, randomly Carphone Warehouse, you know, hired me to do some like reviews for their phones. I knew nothing. <laughs> oh. I knew nothing and still know nothing about like technology and the way, you know, the process. I don't I can't even think of the technological technology. <laughs> we right. We, we hear right. you. We hear right. You. right. I don't know what I was talking about, right? But I had an auto cue, you know. Nice, that helps. And I knew how to blag. So I did that. That was the first thing that really paid me. And then GRM Daily, you know, I, I was out somewhere and I had a friend that knew Posty. And so I was like introduced to him or whatever. And then, oh, do you know what? I actually always forget about this. But because I also was acting. Yes. I was just like, I just wanted to do creative stuff. And that's still how I am now to this day. Like I just want to do, I just want to be free creatively. So I was doing a web series with Tolu, Don't Jealous Me. Oh my gosh, I remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm genuinely like, 
thing. Yes. I'm now. Yes, that was an amazing experience. We were going Croydon every day. Like, that's the, that's the highlight. It doesn't sound, doesn't sound like it. We traveled to Croydon. It was like another country, like, <laughs> on the trams and thing. It was crazy. Wow. I've never been since. But, and these times I'm from South. <laughs> but, like, that was, that was amazing doing that. And um, me and Tolly was, was just doing stupidness. Like, just, he was filming stupidness. I was very shameless. And so he put it out, and loads of people, that's like the first time my Instagram started popping off. Like, right, His followers, followers are different. Exactly. I did, I did a little sketch. Don't, look, don't Google it. I did a little <laughs> sketch of him, and literally out of nowhere, yeah. people were like, you're the one from T-Boy yeah, Show. Yeah. I'm like, am I? Okay. Yeah. Well, people still call me Linda. No. I'm like, who? <laughs> yeah, but that was the character. And oh so God. we were just being stupid. He put it out. And loads of people started following me. Posty's seen it. I was like, oh, okay, like she's sh silly, stupid. Um, you know, let's, she does presenting. She's doing it herself. Let me bring her in for a little demo kind of situation for the GRM Daily News. Hey, the demos are GRM. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't no, even no know what no else shade. to call it. <laughs> I went, you know, did not remember the script, but tried my best. Was so nervous. And you know what? As well, like coming from New York, so I didn't really know like the grime scene from like the beginning. I didn't grow up with like the garage scene. And you know, like when you like in the rave and yeah, you hear a certain garage tune and you feel it in your heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like that when I hear <laughs> certain garage tunes. Like, and I really want to, and I'm sorry, you know, I want to, but I just don't. It's more like Black Rob or like Biggie or, oh, wow. you know, like that's like old school hip hop. You're a New Yorker. Like Wu-Tang yeah, or something yeah. or Eve. <laughs> You know, but um, so I felt like real insecure about that. But I feel like a, a running theme in my career has definitely been doing things that I've been super uncomfortable with. That I probably don't know anything about, but like trusting that, okay, you clearly don't want me for my knowledge for this thing, but you want me for my ability to speak to people and like get real authentic stories out of people and like bring energy and good vibes. What do you mean though? Cause like you clearly, are a creative, like you said, from 19 years creating your own content. So like you saying like, you know. Well, I don't like, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I don't mean like in terms really of. clearly shown that you're capable and you've got abilities. Thank you, <laughs> I appreciate that, thank yeah. you. Um, I don't mean like, oh, I can't present, right? I just mean, I've done like the car phone warehouse stuff. I didn't know what I was talking about, Definitely. you know? When I first started doing like football content, mm -hmm. I initially, I would like turn, it down initially because I just thought I don't want to do something that I don't a hundred percent know about hey. but also like there's a balance right because I also know that I am very competitive and I do love watching sport and I know that when I do like something I'm super involved in it and I want to know everything so so what if you don't know everything about it if you're actually passionate about it you can you know, learn as you go on and then you can entice a different kind of viewership as well through 100%. that. 100%, that's a great point. Like you you basically fell in love with the job regardless of what it, what the genre or topic yeah. was. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. amazing. Well, I mean, my girl Joella has accolades. You're an award-winning <laughs> podcaster, darling. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Hosting One Extra's throwback party with Kiki. It's a vibe. It's a vibe. You lot have so much fun and 
You also have your own Saturday afternoon show on BBC Radio 1 Extra. <laughs> How does that feel knowing that, you know, you went from being a girl in Brooklyn to now being like a voice of like one of the biggest like black British broadcasters? I always say, like before, I never wanted to do radio. Like, really? I, yeah, I wasn't interested in doing radio. I, I wanted to be a singer and a rapper. Like, I don't want to be talking about it. I wanted to do it. But secretly, like, now when I look back, I'm like, I remember video, like, taping, like, over mm -hmm. radio shows. And, yeah, that's, you know, we grown. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, like, you know, pretending to be the presenter as well. So there clearly, like, there was something within me that... It's always when you look back. Because I used to host TV shows in the bath. Right. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh, I get it now. Like literally, I'd like be like, so this bubble bath is now. Like I yeah. was really like about that life in the bath. That's like so. before before society like came and told us what we couldn't do right? and stuff and made us feel like what's realistic and unrealistic. So when you really tap back and be like, oh, I always loved right. doing this. Yeah, but we just didn't know. So yeah, well done. You Thank found you. your calling, girl. Thank you. I'm That's still trying to be a rapper. Should, should why why do you laugh like that? Should we just let that yeah. one? We'll let that one go. Just gotta believe in me. <laughs> okay, I believe. We'll just see. But no, uh, but no. Let's talk TV. Yeah. So you've definitely had an incredible few years, and like it feels like you're only just at the start of your career, especially in TV. But um, what do you think is the job, or what was it that you was doing that you think got you noticed in the TV world? In TV, I feel like I really did just start for real in TV. Um, I did the the MTV dating show. See, no, let's not. We can't even start with that because you did way more before you even did that. She's going with the big guns. Yeah, you you've been doing like the stuff with like Premier League and yeah. So you know, I yeah. know it's an interesting one because there's kind of like a crossover with like branded work. Yeah, and then there's like TV TV work. Yeah, I'm thinking when you say TV, I'm thinking like TV, like linear. I'm thinking, okay. but. But I guess like that's like digital stuff. But yeah. then, I mean, it's all really the same, isn't it? Uh, More people really watch. That's the what I'm starting stuff. to think. So for you, yeah. like you know, what is the the way to get into like the kind of TV and and I guess digital brand work industry? Yeah, I feel like it's really about just creating your own opportunities. The same way, like I needed an excuse to leave that nine to five job that I hated, you know. I created that own opportunity. I had to just put that faith within myself and create my own kind of lane, really. Yeah. You know, but um, but definitely like reaching out to brands. Um, that so you like, literally reach out to brands. Well, my manager definitely oh, okay. does that. that, helps. <laughs> that helps. No, no, but like initially, like with GRM and stuff like that, that was something that I would call. That was just perfect with how that worked out Network met posty yeah. and all of that stuff so i guess it's also about like not being shy mm. to take certain opportunities ones that you feel you may not be a hundred percent ready for in terms of like that knowledge aspect of it yeah as long as you put in that work and um and yeah sometimes you might not even get paid for stuff that's the harsh which reality. is not something i'm willing to condone yeah but um but that is that's the journey amazing well you're absolutely killing it and one thing i've noticed going back to what you're saying about working with like you know premier leagues digital series uncar uh working this was a big one this was a good one the lionesses live host during the uefa women's championship honey <laughs> the one that they won <laughs> that was incredible 
Um, mm. But you also work with zone now. I don't know if anyone knows about zone boxing. It's very, like, male-dominated. Like, yeah. And obviously, look at you. You a babe. You're Thank working you. around a lot of men, a lot of testosterone. So for anyone who's actually interested in, like, you know, looking into sports, but, like, navigating it as a woman, yeah. what would your advice be? Um, I feel like it's just, you just kind of have to expect that people are going to try it, you know? Okay. In, in different kinds of ways as well. Like, either in you know, pulling the, oh, you're sensitive or you're emotional because you're a woman, you know, trying to speak to you in a certain kind of way or disregard you because you're a woman. Mm. Um, and then, of course, you get the, oh, I fancy you kind of vibes as well. But with that one, you know, this is a work environment. <laughs> Good luck to you. You know, we could... You can follow me on Instagram. That's cool. <laughs> like we're not going on a date. Like, and it's 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 they're not even gonna ask you that like outright like yeah. that anyway. Most of the time, anyway. Yeah. But um, I've just been able to kind of slip inside and navigate that. But it's difficult and it's annoying that you even have to deal with shit like that. One hundred percent. But I feel like the thug in you has it <laughs> has it handled. She's got it. Yeah. Like she knows. So um, I love that. I love that. Right. Let's talk about MTV's Are You The One dating show. Guys, this was a massive, massive, massive show on MTV. Like, we don't... Remember, in a long time, we haven't had TV shows on MTV. It's been saturated by reality. Obviously, this falls kind of into the ball, ballpark of reality, but it's like a format. This was like, you know, kind of competing against Love Island. Yeah. Them kind of vibes. <laughs> so, talk me through finding out that you're going to be the official host of that show? Oh, um, I was actually obsessed with this show from when it was in America. Love like, I, I used to bang out this show anyway. So I actually went on a casting for Catfish when they were bringing back Catfish. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I did it with um, Roman Kemp. He oh, was wow. like, yeah, he was also <laughs> at the casting as well. <laughs> Like, come on. <laughs> uh, it was, that was cool. It didn't feel like me. Obviously, I would have loved, like, yeah. in that moment, like, Catfish is a, a yeah. cult classic. You yeah. know, we all grew up watching Catfish. So to be, like, behind the scenes would have been an honor. But I didn't get that one. Mm. And um, that was fine. But then I got a call up some months later about Are You The One, oh, you, the that. UK version of that. And I had a couple conversations with the producers. And, you know, they asked me loads of questions about it. Obviously, I'm obsessed with it. Yeah. So I knew all the answers and I knew exactly what to say. And, yeah, it really was a dream come true. It was one of the most challenging things I've done. How come? Um, it was, I stayed a month in Malta, um, two weeks quarantine, because that was... Oh, it was around pandemic? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and we filmed it in two weeks. Jeez. Yeah. And how many episodes was that? Ten episodes. Jeez. That's so a lot So every of work. single day. And then these, there's these big scripts, like three A4 size scripts. Yeah. Like crazy. Um, and yeah, like I just had to like focus in that moment. And also, again, put my faith in myself and the people around me and just know like, all right, cool. If I'm here, 
clearly there's a reason that I'm here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I can do this. And what I love is the fact that you went for Catfish. That didn't happen. Mm. But they reached out to you yeah. because they still loved you. So guys, yeah. don't let that door close and be a problem. Yeah, I feel like there's power in like just being cool as well and knowing like what's for you is for you. Definitely, definitely. Mm. Tell them. Go on, give a round of applause. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Thank you. Right, let's get to our top five tips to make it in the mainstream because Joella, there's... A lot that people want to know. We're going to get to the dilemmas too. But do you have any tips for the mainstream? Um, I think, like I said, about following, like, your own, uh, do, sorry, doing your own thing, creating your own opportunities. Um, also, like, not being scared to, like, put yourself out of your comfort zone. Definitely. For sure. Because you learn so much about yourself as well. Like, even when I did Lioness's Live, that was a month, every single day, a month of live shows. Jeez, that's intense. And that's on the England channel. Yeah. So, like, also, as much as people are, like, rating me and stuff, there's a whole lot of racist people, too, oh, who are just oh, not... Yeah. <laughs> they're like, who's this girl? Damn. You know, they're like, Amelia's better, you know, or <laughs> whatever other presenter that was there who is amazing by the way she of was course, like co-hosting as well but they were like just choose like oh this isn't very diverse is it if it's like me and josh denzel oh my god like okay yeah you saw it. we see we see you yeah the people the haters we see yeah, you crazy but um but yeah super intense so like really like trusting in yourself and your ability um yeah not not being scared mm. to put yourself out there and to have certain conversations that you need to have. Like, not being scared to hear no, being okay with that rejection as well, because that's difficult. I yeah. remember the first time when I left my full-time job and I got rejected for a role that I was penciled in and I really was convinced I got that role because it was penciled. I was thinking, yeah, it's yeah, 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 we know penciled. about the pencils. <laughs> Just left my job, had no money in my account, was like walking back from Morrison's with loads of bags in my hand. And I got the call from my agent saying the pencil's been released. <laughs> I started crying, like real tears. No, it's real. <laughs> it's real. I'm sorry. But look, hey, look at you now, baby. Listen, it's character building. You've got to be prepared for that. You've got to be okay with that. And not be like scared to look stupid. I was I was say, having this conversation earlier as well, me in London. Like, it's embarrassing to, like, do your own thing sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's embarrassing, like, to put yourself out there in, in some kind of way because mm. it's a growth. And um, that's why a lot of people don't do it. But when you do it, you get those results. Come on, honey. That's what we're talking about. Thank you so much. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Well, I did say we got a new feature, which is the mainstream moment. So this is quick fire round. Oh, okay. Are I'm you scared. ready? Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone ready? Yeah. You don't have to do anything. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's do this. First of all, what song can you sing all the words to? Um. Oh gosh, it will be a Jay Z song. I don't know. Give us a little freestyle. Oh, flip it out. Am I? I said I wanted to be a rapper as well. <laughs> Same song, I'm back, been around the Royal Row. Manson girls that dance with girls from Club Cheetah, the Club Amnesia, the Venus in LA, bubbling in Dublin, hey. can't deny me. Why would you want to? Jeez. You need me. Why would you try me? Uh, you can't go away, you can't go away. Big up, Joella, yeah. <laughs> you could have warned me, I would have had something ready. It's quick fire, mainstream <laughs> moment. It's a moment, baby. <laughs> and right. thank you to everyone yeah, that, that was nice. feeling that was the vibe. vibes. <laughs> All right. Who's your favorite actor? Ooh, favorite actor. Or actress. Um, 
Oh, I know this is quick fire. I'm sorry. This is difficult. We should have got a timer. Stop watching it. <laughs> this is difficult. Can we come back to that one? We'll come back. Sorry. Sure. Name your top three music genres. Oh, hip hop, um, soul, mm. and R and B. Fair enough. Fair enough. She does prefer yeah. that. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, what TV series is a must watch? Um, Martin. Oh. With Martin Lawrence. That's a throwback, but I yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Well, the show I do on One Extra is Throwback Party. That's actually what it's called. So, like, I do love a lot of throwback. But if you haven't seen the Martin show, then it's something to watch. It's a good watch. It's funny. All right, here we go. Um, Eddie Murphy, by the way. Oh, well done. She came back. Look at look at her presenter. She came back to the link. Love that. <laughs> All right, here we go. He's amazing. Michael B. Jordan <laughs> or Damson Idris? Uh. Dapson. Oh, is it? Yeah. What do, what do you not say? Dapson. Yeah. I mean, wh what are we talking in what way? Whatever you want. Um, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm like repping for the UK man them. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, like, I see her. We're going to support the UK okay. man them. Okay, this is definitely for you. What? Nikes or Jordans? I mean, Jordans are Nikes, but... um. Okay, alright. Jordan's on that. She got me. She got me there. She yeah. got me there. She got me there. Alright, you could you could hold that. <laughs> alright. What's your guilty pleasure TV show? Um, it might have to be like, Are You the One? Do you know what That's I mean? Fun. Like you, you can plug your own show. That's not No, no, on some real no Ha, <laughs> <laughs> don't bust me up. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me pick one. That's not mine. Let me pick one. That's not mine. My guilty <laughs> Jesus, all right, we get it. You've done the show. <laughs> Flipping out. <laughs> Give us a real answer. <laughs> no, but I like stuff like that. Like, yeah. you know, like those kind of dating shows or whatever. Like, I'm super gassed for Big Brother to come back out. You know? Same. Big Brother's yeah. gonna be good. Big no, up AJ um, Doody. Yes. Yeah, right. yeah. And finally, if you were hosting an RB festival, who would be your top three headliners? All right, Usher. Mm. Definitely. That's who I'm thinking. Um, ooh, ooh. Some Walker, you know. You know why as well? Because Tiana Taylor has been giving her training, like stage training. No. Didn't you see any clips of that? Yeah, so imagine how that could work out. Because everyone wants to talk about my girl's performance. Mm. If TT comes in and does something special, that's something I want to see. Mm -hmm. And um, did you say dead or alive? No? Uh, uh, no? <laughs> <laughs> okay. No? I might have to bring Prince in there, you know. Uh. That's a vibe. Do you know what I'm I mean? To your headline concert, I'm so that's excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for managing you. the mainstream moments. Can we give another round of applause to Joanne? Thank Noble. you, everyone. <laughs> so, sis, you can have a little break. Yeah. We're going to get you back for the dilemmas shortly. Um, but yeah, have a, have a, have a moment um, while we get ready for our next incredible, incredible, incredible talent who I'm so grateful has. I, I want to make it sound like I flew her in. I didn't, but <laughs> she just so happened to be in London because she is one of the queens of London, a comedian, a presenter, an author of her brand new book. The book. <laughs> Living my best life on Welcome, London Hughes. Phone. 
Listen. <laughs> I got the book, honey. We got the book, yes. I pre-ordered. I love you, Ramel. I pre-ordered. No, so honestly, can I just say, yeah, I don't know if it's the jet lag or the champagne, the mer... What's this? Brazil? Bel Air? <laughs> Did you say Brazil? Brazil? I don't know. If it's a jet lag or the Bel Air. It's Luke Bel Air, darling. But your, your Oprah thing made me emotional. Aww. It really did because we have the same dreams. And yeah. I remember feeling exactly how you felt. Mm -hmm. And so I forgot I used to feel that way because yeah. I've been winning so much. Right. That I right. forgot. I almost right. forgot where I came from. And you reminded me where I came from. And it's going to happen. Yeah, the struggle. Ramel, look at me. It's going to happen for you. Amen. Okay? Amen. Okay? Amen. You know this, right? Okay. Thank you. Sorry, I just had to say that. Nice. Okay. This, I've been there. No, can I just tell you, Ooh. yeah? Can I just tell you? Real, recognize real. London has had my back <laughs> from the very beginning. Beginning. Like, I'm talking 2011, 2012. Back in the day, we were babies. Like, babies. you know, we did an event together. It went a bit left. Very left. Real controversial stuff. A horrible event. <laughs> But it happened. But we've been through some things. Yes. And London always just just held me up when people weren't showing you the giving you the respect you deserve. And I always I always will have your back in exactly the same way because Thank I feel you. like, you know, you've always been flying the flag for young black women that are British. Because you're very proud to be black and British, mm -hmm. which I am also as well. I mean, I'm also Guyanese and Nigerian, got a big up too. But <laughs> no, yes. But like, you know, I, I respect everything you're doing. But we need to talk about the early days. Early days? Oh my God. Take me back, because I'm quite emotional. I was already, I could cry. Because I was already emotional listening to you, sir. I'm ready to go back. Let's go back. Listen, the mainstream live show is all about, you know, sharing, giving, coming together. Yeah. So let's talk Channel U days. Oh my God. Let's I didn't think you would go there. I thought you were going to CBBC, not Channel U. We got CBBC oh. in there as well. We got CITV in there as well. Oh, My Channel has U. been grinding from the very... Like, it, well, it, first of all, Channel U doesn't even exist no more. It really doesn't. It got revamped to Channel AKA. Oh, and is, it, is that still there or no? No, that Oh, also. that's gone too? Oh, wow. This was like, what was that? What, what time? I am, um, so this was, I'm at the, I'm 18, 2007. Jeez. Yeah. How did you get that job? <laughs> Listen, so um, I was at Sound Nightclub. Do you oh, guys remember that? Remember that? Okay, so some I was of you at are Sound young. Nightclub. Some of you don't know, but in Leicester Square, there used to be a nightclub called Sound. And um, I can dance, yeah? And yeah. I'm a dancer. Anyone that knows me will know that I'm known for dancing. My signature move would be dropping into the splits. And uh, I used to do that a lot. I can't do it anymore, I'm 34. But <laughs> I used to do it a lot. And I was at Sound Nightclub. And I was dancing and I like some guy was battling me and I made like it was like a circle. Everyone's around me and I was dancing, twerking, da da da. And there was like some Channel U guy there who worked at Channel U and was like, You're good, you know, like do 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 um <laughs> Hey listen, listen, do um do you like do like modeling and like like well could you dance in like a couple videos and that, yeah? And I was like, Oh my god, the chance to be in a channel U music video, like <laughs> I cannot believe this, yes, yes. And he was like, hey, listen, hey, come down to the studio tomorrow. I think I think I got some things for you, come through. So I went to their studio and that day, a guy called Jazzy Zonzolo was recording the Jazzy show. And um, Jazzy 
and I didn't know each other. And I was only there because this guy from town told me to come. And I, and I literally was sitting there doing nothing the whole day. Like they, he just had me there making tea and shit. I, I thought I'd actually be doing work, but he was just fronting basically. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there and Jazzy was trying to do his show. He had a prank show called The Jazzy Show. And the prank bits were fun, he could do, but he couldn't do the presenting bits. Oh. So he was like stumbling like, hey, boom, it's Jazzy. All right, well, let me do that again, please. <laughs> hey. Hey, boom, it's Jazzy. Hey, let me, and like, I'd watch him like fuck up and like, I always wanted to be a presenter. And like, during the, like, I think lunch, I was like, Jazzy, um, uh, I could, could I, could I try? Um, cause, I mean, I, I, you know, cause I, I feel like you don't like doing the hosting bit, you like doing the acting bit and I, I want to be a presenter. Could I please try? And he was like, yeah, man, I'm here to help my black sisters. Go on, try wow. it. So I go up now in front of all the execs and Jazzy's like, hey, listen, hey, hey, this girl here, um, <laughs> London, she's gonna try and do the link. If she can do it, can she do the hosting bits? Because I don't want to do it. And wow. they were like, sure. So they were like, London, have you ever hosted? And I was like, no, but I'm gonna try. And I sat there and I was like, Aisha girl, London, you're watching Boyd on Channel U right now. We got end ups coming up after the break. And they were like, you've got the job. <laughs> and that was it. That was right. how it happened. Listen, that is testament that. <laughs> Take the opportunity literally, when you see it. Literally. Right 2007 was a different time, man. Oh, it's giving people jobs off the street. It was crazy. <laughs> different time. Clearly. Clearly a different time. Also, Jazzy's got a movie out called Smotherhood. Yeah. I'm in it. Make sure you watch it in cinemas October 10th. So make yeah. sure you watch that. Um, see yes. what I mean? She, lo- she is real. Yeah, That's no, I, I would always, I'm, I'm ride or die for my people. You know this. Yeah, my originals. We know. <laughs> My originals. originals. My, you're at day one, please. Thank you, girl. Thank Literally. You. So, okay, how would you navigate in the industry at this point? Because obviously you went from Channel U to CBBC. Ain't it? Big jump. <laughs> big jump. Big, big, big jump. So how did you navigate that? And like, you know, was you actively looking for other jobs? You know what? I was trying to be on everything and in everything. I auditioned for Big Brother five times. Five times. Wow. I was that girl. I was always at the auditions. The final round of Big Brother I actually got through. But um, I was at my first year of uni. And they said to me, if I went on the show, I'd have to repeat my first year of uni again. And so I decided to choose my education. But it was the year that Brian Bella, remember Brian, the black Brian? I was supposed to be in that year of Big Brother. So I'm actually kind of glad that I wasn't in that year because of Brian. That was very weird. (laughs) It was a very weird year, but uh, at least a black man won, you know? So (laughs) I was gonna be in that year, but yeah, I tried. I I auditioned for S Club Juniors. I auditioned for S Club Juniors. Wait, 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 wait. Yes, I auditioned me and Rochelle. Me and Rochelle from the Saturdays. You were singing? I was in the audition with Rochelle from the Saturdays before the Saturdays because she was in S Club Juniors. It was between me and Rochelle. I'm genuinely like shocked. Literally. (laughs) I was trying. I was that girl that was like, I just want to be on TV. I want to try. I would sit in the audience of TV show recordings and I figured out that this is also in my book. I figured out that um, if you laugh really loud in the audience, the camera will cut to you. So I would go to watch shows and be like, (laughs) <laughs> and then the camera would cut to me and I'd be on like question time and all of them. All I've been on question time, re- all of them little points of view. I've been on every single audience-based British show. I'm the <laughs> And the camera's cutting to me. Yeah, I was a hustler. I was trying. Ramel. No, because I wanted to be on TV and I didn't know how to be on TV. And they don't tell you. There's no rule book. At all. Like, I remember telling my mom, I need an agent, yeah? And she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I want an agent. I need representation. Also, in the book. And um, 
What I did was I didn't know how to get an agent. I didn't know where to go to get one. I'm like 11, 12 at this point. Let's be very clear. Oh, you're talking about then. I'm talking about back in the day. And I knew that Britney Spears made it on the Mickey Mouse Club at 12. Right. And I'm 11 and a half, yeah? So I'm like, the time is running out. <laughs> I don't want to be a has-been. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm turning 12, summer's coming. My birthday's in June. I'm doing the math. <laughs> So I'm like, I need an agent. Do you know what I did? I realized, yeah, that if you're looking for a job, if you're looking for something, where do you go? Yellow pages, but right? Up, listen. I, I opened the up the yellow pages. pages and I found estate agents. Oh. And I called up estate agents asking for representation. And Foxton's blocked my mum's number, yeah? Okay, because I rang every single estate agent in Fort and Heath Croydon. Saying, hi, hello, um, my name, I want to be um, Black Britney Spears, please. I need represent, like, that is how hungry I was for it. I was like, I, yeah, so that work ethic just carried me all the way to CBBC. Well, CBBC was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. It was I remember you used to tell me, like, you wasn't allowed out. Yeah. Because, like, when you work in children's TV, there's yeah. a few kind of, like, limitations there's of rules. what you can do. Yeah, paparazzi, man. So the thing is, like, my 21st birthday was me just, like, my friends trying to, run me away from paparazzi and they were trying to get a picture of me drunk in the gutter and um they didn't get it though my friends are <laughs> real ones but yeah cbbc life was crazy um i got that job through comedy i uh essentially i ended this competition called the funny women awards also in the book and that led to just me getting representation that's all i wanted was an agent um it was very simple it seems so hard when you don't know how to do it yeah. but then when you've done the right things and you put yourself in the right positions it's very easy yeah. like you literally could just email someone and show them your showreel show them your material and if they've heard of you they'll take a chance on you mm. my agent did that and she was like what do you want to do and i was like well the first black british woman i saw on tv that i actively like remember caring and seeing was angelica bell on mm. CBBC, you don't remember, yeah? Yes. I remember the day Angelica Bell started. Like, I remember watching Rugrats, and they after Rugrats, they were like, well, guess what? We've got another Angelica on the show. And I was like, wait, what? What other Angelica? Like, what's going on? There's got, what, the real Angelica from Rugrats? And then this black, beautiful, dark-skinned, yeah. gorgeous black girl is sitting in front of me. And I'm like, for the first time, like, because I'm used to seeing American women on TV. I'm used yeah. to seeing ja Janet Huber, Aunt Viv. That was the first actual black woman I saw on TV. Yeah. She's American. That does a lot for a young black girl from Fort and Eve Croydon only seeing American black women on TV. Yeah. So when I saw Angelica Bell, a British dark-skinned woman on BBC, I said, I want to do that. Love so that. then when I got my agent at age 20, she was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be on CBBC. And so I got an audition, killed the audition, got the job. Amazing. Yeah, and well I love done. Angelica Bell for that. Yeah, she made me believe it was possible, you know. Definitely, definitely love her. Well, aside of the TV, you you genuinely was a hustler because you was doing comedy. Mm -hmm. You've been doing sketches mm -hmm. and like you know acting in general for a long time. But you decided in 2016 that you was going to create your own sketch show, mm -hmm. No Filter, mm -hmm. which you have said is the reason you got your agent in America. Hundred percent. Break that down for us. It's a long story. Okay. <laughs> Her, like, you know, like what Ramel said at the beginning about that, that feeling in her Oprah letter, like, that no one sees you, like, no one cares. Like, as a black woman in Britain, I feel like I don't care what anyone says. We are the most underrepresented, overlooked, undervalued. No, it's like they don't see us. Mm. And I remember just being like, 
I've been doing comedy for like six, seven years. And I watched all my white friends who had been doing comedy for six, seven years. And they're on TV. Wow. And they're doing things. And you know when your parents, they're like, how comes James is on TV? And you're not on TV. Why don't you call up EastEnders? I'm like, mum, I can't. I can't call up EastEnders. They're not going to answer if I call up EastEnders, mum. It doesn't work like that and like I was doing all these meetings and like doing all these auditions for Casualty and Holby City and wow. playing Laquisha, Nakisha, Matisha, all these black girls that they just made up and uh, just, just playing gang victims. All my auditions were just like loud black girl number one and I was just like this isn't how I see me but this is how the industry sees me and yeah. this is not who I am and so I tried to write my own TV show um, and uh, I worked really hard on it. I sold it to Comedy Central. They paid me a grand for it. That's so the most I've ever made in the UK, a grand for my script. S a sorry. Thousand, a thousand pounds. I worked on it for two years, a thousand pounds. And uh, it didn't get made. And I remember like feeling how Ramel felt. I was sitting in my bedroom at my mum's house and I was just like, what if it just won't happen for me? Like, what if I've tried and tried and tried? I have an agent. I have. I did CBBC. I've it clearly got everything in my like in my life to succeed, and I'm still not succeeding. And I'm seeing all my white male friends succeeding. I'm seeing my white female friends succeeding. I don't see any black girls on TV, so I know I'm not the problem. It's not like all the black girls are on TV yeah. apart from me. Yeah. There was none of us, right? This is before Michaela Cole, before all of that. There was none of us. True. So I remember just thinking like, this might be as far as I go Damn. and how do I want to end and I just decided that I want to tell my own story so I wrote 25 sketches in a week and what? I was like yeah I was so fueled when I when my Comedy Central show didn't get picked up I was like if I die I want you to know I was here and I was talented and just because I'm a black woman it doesn't mean that you can sh you can say who is talented and who gets opportunities and who doesn't I deserve this opportunity you're not going to give it to me fine I'll take it myself I wrote these mm. sketches. I didn't even know how they were going to get made because I ain't got no camera equipment. <laughs> but I wrote them and I was like, I remember looking at them like my worth is here. Like mm. I have 25 sketches. If someone wants to make a TV show with me tomorrow, here's the material. And then I ended up randomly dating this guy who just so happened to have all the camera equipment I needed. <laughs> listen, listen ladies, get yourself a man that can, okay? I got. I didn't. I didn't date him for that reason. It was a coincidence. A year later, I'm with babes now, and I'm like, babes, you see your camera equipment, yeah? I got these sketches, Can yeah. I? Do you think you could film them for me? And he was like, of course, darling, white guy, of course, of course, of course, my Nubian princess, of course, or anything you want, my Nubian queen, yes. Put your bonnet on. Put your bonnet on. Take your wig off, baby. It's late. Take the wig off. So he did that, he helped me, God bless him, film these sketches, I directed them, he filmed them, and I put them on YouTube. At that time, I had no following, I was not an influencer, I had like 2,000 followers on Instagram. I, was, I wasn't seen as a success by social media standards. Yeah. I put the videos out there. When I tell you, the highest video got like 400 views. What? Okay, yeah, like you can watch it now, I think the highest videos now was like a couple thousand now, but at the time, 400 views and I remember being like it doesn't matter that they've only had like 400 views mm -hmm. it's out there lo and behold I did not know this unbeknownst to me I'm sitting at my mum's house in Brighton at the time and a woman in America is on a YouTube like you know when you're just on a YouTube hole and just clicking and clicking so she's in a YouTube hole now clicking 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 stumbles across my videos and it's like who's this girl oh 
reaches out to my UK agent. And at that time, my UK agent, I was telling my UK agent, like, I want to go to America and I want to go to LA. And she was just like, no. Oh, wow. She was like, you're not even big here yet. Like, what makes you think? <laughs> Baby girl, you can't even get on Big Brother's bit on the side. Why? Why do you think you can go to LA and do anything? Not, not right now, one day. And I was telling her, I want to go to America. I want to go to LA. And then literally two weeks later, after I had that conversation with me, with her, this woman in America, who is a manager, called my agent and was like, um, do you represent London Hughes? I, I want to represent her. Does she have American managers? True. They flew me out to America and the rest was history. So you never know who's watching. Out of those 400 views, one of them was a big time management company in the US. You don't know who sees you. Yeah. And that's the thing. And we don't ever tell each other. I am, because I'm amazing. I will go up to someone and I'll be like, sis, I love what you do. Sis, yeah. I but we don't do that as people often. So you don't even know people are secretly in this room. They know who you are, but you don't know yeah. that they know who you are. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And so, yeah, 400 views. But one of those views got me <laughs> a lot of money. Just be very clear. That's Let's what we're talking clear. about. I love that. Jeez. So, yes, you then made the move I did. to LA. Los Angeles. In Los all Angeles. years, 2020. I know. I moved there in February 2020. I had no idea what was going to happen. A whole pandemic and a race war, you know, mad. Listen, moving to America, Drew, and living through a race war, listen, it was crazy. It was crazy and I, I was following you intensely be like are you okay sis? yeah no but to be honest everyone thought I was like like it was Baghdad front line yeah but it really wasn't because at the time I was living in the CEO of HBO's pool house yeah oh, she, was, she so was fine I had my own pool house my own jacuzzi my own pool and I lived opposite George and Amal Clooney so I would see them on COVID walks every day so really I wasn't in the gut I wasn't in the streets <laughs> but black lives matter but I wasn't really I was like, they matter from where I am, but I'm in the jacuzzi. It was like, but I did, I did no, protesting. Was, I went, I went, I went protesting, yeah. and yeah, I protested for Ahmad Arbery and George Floyd, yeah. and um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. I saw the army come in when uh, I saw people get hit with um, rubber bullets. I saw people get pepper sprayed. It was a wild time. So a wild time. Did that ever deter you and like, I don't want to be here well, no more? This is the thing. So before all that happened, um, I did a show at um, the Edinburgh Comedy Festival called To Catch a Dick. Yes. And uh, so Edinburgh Comedy Festival was like the biggest arts festival in the world. Every year it takes place every August in Edinburgh, Scotland. And everyone from all over the world performs comedy there or any form, like art form. My show there, To Catch a Dick, was uh, the first, I was the first black woman to be nominated for best show in the history of the awards. The Sorry? Awards, yes, the awards have been going for 75 years. I am the first Ooh, black, the first black British woman to be nominated. But that's a big, yeah. That's amazing, <laughs> but wow. Yes. In 75 years, first black woman, the show, I didn't win, they gave it to a white man, but I had the most five-star reviews. Everyone Amazing. says I should have won. And so deep down, I feel like I did. But uh, I didn't win. Um, our, uh, the, the reason I feel like I won is because a recording of that show was sent to Kevin Hart. And um, at the time, when I was writing the show, it's crazy. I was in my house in Battersea and I put on Kevin Hart's Netflix special because the last special he had done, he did it in London at the O2. So I put it on in the background for like inspiration, you know, like just motivation. It was on mute. I weren't trying to copy the jokes, but <laughs> it was on in the background and I was writing my set, like the show out with him on the, in the background. I didn't even know that six months later, 
he would be calling my phone. Oh. And so he called me and it was crazy. I was in LA for meetings and my agent was like, don't freak out, but Kevin Hart wants to meet you. I was like, I'm freaking out. <laughs> What do you mean, yes, don't no. freak out? Yes. Like, yes, I'm freaking out. And she was just like, yeah, I think he's going to call you. And he called me. He was like, hey, hey, it's Kevin. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, 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 it's Kevin. Hey, 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 London, it's Kevin. Hey. And I was like, Kevin Hart. And at that time, he just had a car accident. I don't even remember when he had a car accident. Oh, yeah. And everyone thought he was dead. So I was like, are you alive? Is this your ghost? And he was like, hey, nobody knows. I'm cool. How are you? Da -da -da. And I was like, Kevin, um, it's an honor. Uh, how may I help you? Um, <laughs> And he was just like, I want to meet you. I think you're the next best thing in comedy. I'm flying you out. He flew me out to Las Vegas. We spent the whole day together. And he was like, what do you want? And I was like, I want to be comedy Beyonce. And he was like, <laughs> he laughed and was like, okay. <laughs> and then he literally said, listen to this. I'm going to get you there. He was like, I'm going to be the train driver. You get on this train, I'll drive you to stardom. Next thing I know, man's exec producing my Netflix special. So that was, so the crazy thing was, my Netflix special was supposed to be filmed in March, 2020. Oh my God. So I flew, he, I flew to America February, 2020 yeah. to film the special March, 2020. There was a COVID pandemic in March, 2020. 2020 right. Netflix said to me, we don't think you can go back home because if you go back to England, you might not be let back in the country. So you kind of just have to wait here so until comedy is allowed on earth again. You were kind of so forced I, I to was, live Yeah, in Netflix LA. made me stay there. They right. were like, because I was supposed to go back and do season three of Don't Hate the Players. That yeah. was the plan. But because of the pandemic, I had to stay in LA. If I went back to England, then I, I wouldn't be able to go back to America and film it. So I had to just wait it out. And while I waited it out, there was a race war. So I'm like, my parents are like, come home. And I'm like, no, I've got to do this special. <laughs> I know that the police are killing black people, but I need to be here and do this special. So in the end, I recorded the special in October 2020, yes. outside in front of like 150 masked strangers. That's weird. It was at Universal Studios. It was the craziest time of my life. But the special came out December 2020. It changed my life. I'm so proud of it. And We're proud of you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Changed my life. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Obviously the Netflix special has been a huge success. <laughs> and um, yeah, you mentioned Kevin Hart, but you've also you've just been casually chilling with Dave Chappelle. Yes. Like, these are like That's, the OGs. Yeah. And you have them pretty much as like mentors and friends. Yeah, so they're my how, babes. How do these like, you know, I friendships become acquired? Sure. So <laughs> Kevin, Kevin was like out of respect. You know, he saw my stuff and he was like, I want to work with you and he Great guy, true to his word. We've got a lot of stuff coming that you'll see soon. We're especially British stuff for black British women. Oh, so yes, don't please. think I've forgotten you lot because I have not. But uh, with Dave, so when my special came out, the CEO of Netflix, his name's Ted Sarandos, he's a huge comedy fan. And I didn't, I didn't realize this. So I got an email from Netflix saying, Ted Sarandos and the Netflix team want to meet with you. But it's, it's a, a Zoom lunch because we couldn't meet up in real life. And I was like, oh, cool. I'd already filmed the special. The special had just come out. And I was like, okay, it'd be nice to meet some of the team because COVID, I didn't get to meet everyone. So it's a Zoom link. And they send me this massive package. It has Netflix on the front. Inside is champagne, Netflix pajamas, Netflix, everything Netflix, net sweets. Crisps, Netflix, Netflix, right? So I'm thinking, <laughs> this is cute. I put on the little Netflix pajamas, pour myself some champagne. I click the link, expecting it to be very businessy, expecting to see a bunch of white men and this and Ted Sarandos. I click the link, Ramel London. <sighs> yeah, what, what, what? What was on? What was on the link? 
the Zoom opens, and it's a massive screen. And in every single screen, I'm just gonna be, I'm gonna start from the beginning. The first screen was Dave Chappelle. The second screen was David Letterman. Then it was Wanda Sykes. Then it was Kevin Hart. Then it was Ali Wong. Then it was Jerry Seinfeld. Then it was Chris Rock. Then it was, and literally everyone in the screen was a millionaire apart from me. And I remember just, I remember just being like, am I on the wrong? Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry. Like I wanted to close the laptop. Like I don't, I don't belong here. I clicked the wrong Zoom. They sent me the wrong link. And Ted Saran was like, no, London, London, welcome. Guys, and Tiffany Haddish was in there. Oh Everybody God. was there. And I was like, oh my God, they were like, um, if you're in this, it was like 20 of us. But I, again, I was the only poor one, okay? And everyone in that Zoom had a Netflix special or Netflix show that just came out on Netflix. And Ted Savannah was like, if you're in this room, it's because I love your comedy, I respect you, and you're part of the Netflix family. I was wow. the only British person in that room, okay? I was the only black British woman in that room, wow. okay? And I just remember like being so overwhelmed and Dave Chappelle like started holding court as he does, he's high. He's, <laughs> he's just like, hey guys, it's Dave, I'm it. And he starts talking and he talks about everyone in the, in the, like, in the room. And he talks about like, um, I remember Jerry when I opened for you and Ali Wong, I remember when you opened for me. He was like, I know who everybody is in this room apart from that British bitch. And I was like, and then Tiffany Haddish, God bless her, was like, I know who she is, that's none of my fucking hues. You better put some respect on her name, ow, to catch a dick. And I'm like, thanks, Tiffany Haddish. And then, like, at this point, I didn't even know Tiffany Haddish knew who I was. Wow. And then Dave goes, okay, London, listen, listen, I didn't know, but now I know. And one day, I'm sure we'll meet. I'd love to meet you in person. Fast forward three months later, Damn. Dave is having this, it was locked down, and Dave had this massive party at his house in Ohio. And, um, as you do. As you do. And, like, it was locked down, so obviously Dave's, like, comedians only, and he's flying everybody out. And uh, uh, I, I had a mutual friend, shout out Estelle, um, the oh. singer. And uh, Estelle was really good friends with Dave Chappelle's DJ. And me and Dave Chappelle's DJ became friends and his birthday's on the same day as mine. Love so that. I was like, what are you doing for your birthday? And he was like, oh, Dave is throwing me a party. And I was like, okay, cool. Great, happy for you. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, no, you should come. And I was like, I can't just gate crash Dave's party. Like, I can't just do that. And he was like, I'll speak to him. He spoke to Dave. Dave personally invited me Aww. out to celebrate my birthday at his house. They got me a cake with my name on I it. Remember. A Union Jack flag with London in massive stars. <laughs> like, Dave did a speech about me and said, I'm the future of comedy and welcome me to America. And that's the opening of this book, by the way. That's where this book starts. Because I remember just crying. And at the party, Dave had marijuana infused macaroni cheese, right? And I didn't know. So I'm munching. And I'm like, I'm high. Why am I high? But then I had the munchies. You ever had the munchies, but the munchies were making you high? That is what was happening. So I'm high and Dave like just put his arm around me and then went on, he had this massive stage in this private party and everybody was there. It was crazy. Stevie Wonder sang happy birthday to me. It was mad. It was mad. And I remember just being like, what is my life? I'm from Fort and Heath Croydon. What is my life? And Dave did a speech about me and said like, I was on a Zoom a few months ago and it was all the heavy hitters in comedy and this girl was on the Zoom. I had no fucking clue who she was, but I knew if she was in that room, that means she was special. And right. now I've met her in real life and I know that that's true. London Hughes, congratulations, welcome to America. And I was like, I am never moving back to England. <laughs>
I am staying where I am. Oh my god. But that's how I met Dave. And since then, me and Dave have partied TV. I I my life is so crazy that I'll see Stevie Wonder on a Tuesday and he'll be singing and my friends will be losing their minds. And I'm like, yeah, it's just Stevie. Uh, <laughs> I've seen him so many times. Like, how am I so blessed that I got a Stevie Wonder appearance isn't even a shock or yeah, an exciting yeah, yeah. thing yeah. for me? Game's changed. He, the game has changed. <laughs> and so like I just, I just, yeah, I'm just so grateful that. Listen, leave this country, please. Wow. Like, I'm just being really like, true. Well, I have, I have a question. I have a leave. question. What, what can the this UK country. do to support black nah, talent? Well, they could do so much, but they're not. The thing is, yeah, I used to, uh, those that know me know that my mouth is big, okay? There's some people that have perfectly fine careers without calling anything out. I am not that person. I have, the Gemini in me has to call it out. And I've been calling out the entertainment industry and its treatment of black people since 2006, okay? Mm. I've been calling it out this whole time and nothing's changed. Mm. I thought when I moved to America that after everybody was posting their black squares, after Black Lives Matter, I really thought that England really saw the problem and actively wanted to change. Now I realize, nope, that is not, <laughs> that is not the case. I think the way it will change is if people actively care. The problem is they don't care. Mm. And I used to try and tap dance to try and make them care. I'd be like, why won't you care? Please, please, please care. And then I realized they won't ever care. It's gonna, it's gonna be a huge shift. People have to die, systemic change. Like the new generation maybe might help that, but the people in power now still don't care. And yeah. I, I, now that I felt how it feels when people actually care, I can't, I can't stand for it anymore. I hear you. It's crazy. In America, it's like, you know when you're dating someone, you've been dating them for like 10 years and you're just used to their bullshit. Like you just put up with oh. it because like they're there. Where are you gonna go? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's I love you, you love me, we're here. It's toxic. It's now. toxic. Yeah. And then you leave and someone treats you better and you know your worth oh. and you're like, oh, I was really given crumbs. Like that's I just I feel so sad for past me and any girl like Ramel and I who was feeling the way we were feeling because yeah. England really makes you feel like you're not talented. Mm. England makes you feel like you ain't shit and it's really not the case. Mm. It's just they don't see us in the same way they see. It's just, it just is what it is. Yeah. But I don't know why because this country is, ev America is even more racist. Fair. But America sees us yeah. and I don't know why like, the fact that I'm not the only one, John Boyega, Damson Idris, Daniel Kaluuya, Natalie Emmanuel, Cynthia Riva, Michaela Cole, why is it that these black people are celebrated more 5,000 miles away in another country, mm. in another culture, but this country sees us as a tick box or a diversity exercise or a niche? Why is that? We are black British people. We are British people. Why is it that Britain doesn't accept us, but America does? Yeah. It's crazy. Leave! <laughs> Leave! All right, that goes uh, our top tips for the mainstream. <laughs> you wrap that one up nicely. I'm sorry, I didn't. I wanted when I did when I agreed to do the show. I wanted to come here and be more positive, but I, do you know what's just pissed me off recently? I'm going to be very honest with you. My book, yeah, right now as we speak, I have a billboard in Times Square with my book, yeah! with my book on it, my my, my face, my book everything. I'm in all the bookshops in the US. I am in the front of bookshops in LA. I'm in Barnes and Noble, all the Barnes and Noble. I'm signing copies. Please tell me why Croydon Waterstones didn't want to stop this book. Please tell me why Waterstones didn't think that this book should be in all stores. I'm not even in Croydon Waterstones, but I'm on Fifth Avenue. Does that make sense? 
okay, they see us in a different way. Mm. And I do think it's systemic and I do think it's something that has to be broken. Yeah. And we all have to break it. I'm not strong enough to break it by myself. You got you, girl. But it will be broken. Amen. But we're going to keep doing this. But yeah. Amazing. Get the book, guys. Get the book. <laughs> you can get it in some Waterstones, just not all. But yes, Crown uh, Waterstones ain't got it. So uh, they're going to get after they this. They need to get it. They're going to get I'm after I'm pissed this. off. My mum went there to go buy the book. Imagine, oh, my whole mommy. family. And they were like, they ordered, they didn't think the book would be successful. They ordered one copy, someone bought it. So they didn't have anything else. This is how they see us. Why am I in Times Square? We're going to change Croydon. this, guys, right? We're, We're going to change it. this, definitely. Sorry, this I can is chat. I've, got, I've had some champagne. I've got <laughs> stuff to say. No, this is why we're here, and this is why we're celebrating each other here right now today. So, all right, let's, let's fire off some quick okay, let's mainstream go. moments with London Hughes. Oh, so, God. who's your favorite comedian? Me. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite song to dance to? To dance to? Uh, Who Run the World Girls by Beyonce. Yes. Love that. What movie is a must-watch? Life, Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence. Love yes. that yes. film. American men or British men? American boys. Hundred percent. Hundred. They got. Uh, listen. Okay. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. <laughs> What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Spontaneous. Uh, took myself to Paris for dinner because I was bored. I guess. She living good. <laughs> All right, and finally, I want you to have an R&B festival too. If you had your own R&B festival, who'd be your headliners? Three oh my God, oh my God, three headliners. Ari Lennox. Ooh. Ari, 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 no. Ari, uh, Tyler, Tyler Creator, even though he's on R&B. I love Tyler. Ari Lennox, Tyler Creator, and... Oh God, this is hard. Uh, 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 clear soul. Yes. Good yes. show. Yes, yes, That's yes. a great show, guys. Yes. You lot need to collab. Great show. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much. Can we give out the love to you? Thank you. Yes. So you stay there. We're going to welcome back Joella Noble as well. Right. So this is where you guys get involved. It is the mainstream dilemmas. So this is where we try and figure out how we can hook you guys up. So you guys, some of you created some dilemmas, right? You got some dilemmas for us? Okay, amazing, amazing. Right, I'm gonna give you each a dilemma to diagnose. All Wait, right. What? I'm gonna give you each a dilemma. So I'll break it down. I'll break it down. So the mainstream dilemmas is basically how we can kind of get some questions about the mainstream industry answered. Okay. And we want to see if everyone agrees with you or if anyone has their own theories and suggestions. What can we do? Okay. So you pick one. Okay. I'll read it for you. I've got to proofread it because I ain't seen them. <laughs> All right. Oh, I like this one, okay. Go on, babe. A friend and I applied to go to the same performing arts college. It's been her dream to attend to do musical theater and she encouraged me to apply as well. I told her I hadn't heard back from them when she hadn't heard back from them and she hadn't been accepted. But I didn't tell her that I had, had actually got accepted. When I finally come clean, what should I say to encourage her to keep living her life and make it in the mainstream? First of all, she's a bad friend. <laughs> How dare she? Um, I don't think that there's anything she can say to really, I would be very pissed off. How dare you lie to me? I know you're trying to save face and say, but no, as a real friend would tell me. So I ain't got no advice for her. Okay, use your panels. Would you tell her straight off the bat? Yeah. Let me see, let me see, let me see. Would you tell her straight off you the bat? To. Yeah, you lot are good. You lot are real ones. Yeah. This is you, you lot are real ones. 
Yeah. Okay. So there's no other alternative. We have to tell no, her, right? No, you got to tell them. Anyone got any ulterior suggestions? We got a mic if you got an answer. Or we all just agree, you need to just be real. Be a good friend yeah. and be real. Okay, cool. Joella? Oh, did you want to answer it? No, I was going to say, she, she said to the same. as well. Say sorry. She needs yeah, to apologize. That's, that's the thing that will make it better. Like, sorry, babe, didn't know what to say. Sorry. Yeah, okay, fair. <laughs> sorry. Oh, this is, this is unrelated to the mainstream. What is it? Okay, we're not going to answer it, but I'm, I'm going to read it. I want to answer it. I want to answer it. I've been single for over 12 years. <laughs> I knew it was one of them ones. I was, we wanted to know about the industry, <laughs> no, guys. No, no, we don't. No, we don't. I'm 31 now. Should I give up finding love? No. 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 I wonder. Should they give up finding love? No. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. We want to see. No. <laughs> Keep going. Who thinks they should give up? Who thinks they should give up? No. Aww. Oh, no, I know him. He says give up. Okay. Don't give up. 31 is young, man. This was not supposed to be about your love but life, I guys. Like it. It's the mainstream. <laughs> Joella, like let's it. go again. Oh, wait, go uh, on, yeah, yeah, come. Do you want to read? You can read it if you want. Okay. Dilemma. I agreed a certain remit of work with a client on a lower fee than I would usually accept. Ah, oh, no, that's where they went wrong in the first place. And now they're asking me to take on extra responsibilities that weren't in the agreed terms. How do I set my boundaries and inform the client I won't be taking on the additional task without an increase in fee? Literally that. <laughs> like, the yeah. thing is, you shouldn't have accepted the lower rate. It's a hard one. Mm. Because if you accept that, that's what you will get. So if she does, if they, I'm, I'm assuming it's a woman. If she does do this, they... They have every right to be like, well, no, because you agreed to this term. You it's think? just business. It's just business. No, not with the extra staff. Not with the extra oh, no, work that the they're staff, them to do. Yeah. But if they thought that all that stuff was included in that fee, yeah. but you lowered your fee anyway, and they expected all of that. But, you know, it's a hard one. You need to make it clear from the beginning. You, but listen, exactly what I remember you're doing my first stand-up show. I asked them, I did a black comedy circuit gig, yeah? I said, I killed it. Came off stage and I was like, I don't have a fee. I don't know what a fee is. Oh, shit. And they were like, oh, what's your fee? And I just went, pay me what you think I'm worth. Knowing, knowing I killed it. I got Nando's chicken. That is it. I did a not get paid. was learned. So open yeah, your no. mouth. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't get paid. Joella, any thoughts? No, you dictate your own words. You really yeah. do. Don't let no one else don't do let that no one for you. And yeah, like set that stuff out from the beginning, for sure. And yeah. then if you're going to take a lower rate, like... Don't don't be resentful after that. Then. No. Know that like if you're gonna take that rate, then that's what you've accepted. Exactly. So, yeah. No, it's hard, but you have to, oh, especially women, because we like to t humble ourselves. Don't ever do yeah, that. Yeah, we can't. Double your rate, please. <laughs> D triple it. But it's because we don't really know a lot. Like you didn't know. I didn't what know. Yeah. I got chicken. Was. Don't be like me. <laughs> how how did you figure out what your fee would then after be after I was that? eating that chicken? <laughs> it humbled me. Those hot wings. Their wings humbled me. And wow. next time I was like, I was, I asked Richard Blackwood what his rate was, and I said the same. And yes. if you don't pay me that, then that's fine. But I have the same rate as Richard Blackwood. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. Ask around. Yeah. Don't be afraid to ask people about fees. Yeah. It's really important. So yeah. yeah, well done. Do you have a do you have a a, a suggestion a scenario? Oh, go on, oh, babe. Okay, we're going deep. Wait, we got a mic. We got a mic. Thank you, Gemma. <laughs> Look at the professionalism. I love it. Uh, hey guys, my name is Osman. I work That's as like awesome. a journalist, producer, TV, media, all of that. Um, so yeah, it was them ones where like the question I wanted to ask was based on that scenario. I'm in a situation where like 
I got myself a really good job. It's them ones where I don't really care too much about money. So they just said what your rate was. Oh. I told them 200, whereas the job that I was doing before that was 180. So I didn't really want to aim too high. But Aww. I got the job. Them ones I was chatting. To like my, and like 200 is blessed for me. I don't yeah. really care too much. It was them ones where the other my colleagues were like, yo, you, you literally got bumped. I was mm. like, what do you mean? They were like, yeah, people are getting like 280, 290. Mm. I was like, I mean, is there no way? They were like, no, 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 no. Like, you've, already, you've already signed. I was just like, you're joking. I, it was them ones like it was a one month test thing and i've already been extended like two three times anyway but each time there was no like opportunity to even you get me like there was no opportunity to even negotiate be like yeah we're keeping you on we're keeping i'm just like i need to drop the ball i need to just throw something at someone's face just to be like yo this is taking a piss but But this is the thing you only think it's taking the piss because you know better but you were happy with that fee when you got it you actually was really happy because it was an increase in your other fee yeah so it's like why compare yourself like you were happy with it before so like it's kind of like I get what you mean because you deserve more. Yeah. They did bump you, but you didn't actually know that, and you got. Yeah. So I'm just like, if you're happy with that money and you were happy with it before, take the money. Unless you care, you care so much that you're willing to risk your job. Then I would put my dick on the table and be like, <laughs> give me more money or I'll quit. But if you're not at that level, don't worry about what they're doing. You you got you got a win for you. Don't let that person take away your win. You still got a win. Okay. okay. You cool. know. Fair, fair. All right, let's it's get another ma- one. It's the thing you suggested. No, losing the pills. I am currently working a job that isn't fulfilling for me and have taken on a creative opportunity that is also not paying me in this economic climate. Live. I have my own creative side hustles that I believe if I put time into them, they can generate income for myself and build my brand. My problem is time. Do I keep at this unpaid creative opportunity with a reputable brand until it's run its course? Or do I pursue my own personal side hustle and start building from the ground up? I'm like, why can't they do both? Yeah, man. Do both. I would be really Let me see. Do both. Are we agreeing? Do both. Oh, this is this oh. not as. Listen, because you got to get paid, you got to pay your bills. Okay, who says? Who has an alternative? It's not paid. <laughs> but the, they did. I was confused. I didn't know if it was a, it was a good opportunity, but not paid. What, unpaid. So I'm like, keep that. Keep it was. your contact. Good there, opportunity, unpaid. But focus more. Give it seventy thirty. Give more to your creative endeavors, your personal mm-hmm. thing. But keep, listen, keep the There's going to be like a period of time that you're going to be working really, really hard. You're not going to get that much sleep, but like it's worth it to put in that work. 100%. Also, nobody gets results without working. You have to. There's no shortcuts. People think there are because it's like TikTok and Instagram and you can just, (laughs) no. (laughs) No. Me and Ramel, all of us here work Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. You have to work for it. Yeah. Okay. I've got one last one. I want to read this one. Go on, babes. My friend is a little unreliable but wants to work in the industry. I can help, but worry her attitude might be a bit spicy. I don't know what we should do. (laughs) Cause it sounds sounds like your friend needs a little guidance. I've definitely had those instances like where it's like, oh, I know, I want to give you this opportunity, but at the same time, I know that, or I believe that you might represent yourself and me in a bad way. Ooh. Yeah. So so basically, it's a risk. It's a risk. Bringing them on board. Okay, who thinks that they should take them on and just coach them through it? No. What? You lot are too nice. Put your hand down at the back. 
You got your own problems. <laughs> Buy your hands up, put the hand down. <laughs> you ain't got time so for what? that. You ain't got time. <laughs> you lot aren't gonna help the friend. No, 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 no. There's other ways to help. There's other ways. I would give them therapy. <laughs> I would give them ways to anger management. Little, do you know what I mean? There's no, not every day bring your friends in, no. Some friends need to stay where they are for now. And we can, once you do the work, then we can come it's up true, together. Though. I hear you. No, because they'll bring you down. Literally. Fair. They'll stop I, your I'm bag. True. I'm glad we're all in agreement. <laughs> they will well, stop your bag. Well, can we give another massive round of applause to our incredible mainstream live show guest, London News, Joella Noble. Listen. I love that we were able to do the mainstream dilemmas together and thank you for your amazing advice, wisdom. Wait, no. Listen, I did this show when it was called The Showroom, yeah? Back in the day. Make some noise oh, yeah. for Ramel London, please. Look where we are. Look what she's done with this platform. Come on. Let's go growth. Stand up. Stand up. Let's go growth. That's right. Let's go growth. That's right. It's about you. Let's go growth. Thank you, thank no, you. Well, I honestly, I want to give you two your flowers, literally. So thank you so much for being here. No, We've got some flowers for you. Flowers. You know what they say, you got to give people all their flowers while they're thank still here, you. right? And a bottle of bubbly uh -huh. for you, darling. I like it. Bit of Bel Air for you. Thank now, you. Now you've got a bit of Bel Air for yourself. Thank you. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sweet. can we give another round, round of applause to these ladies? Because I'm so grateful for you both. Thank you. Right. You, you guys can stay here, you can chill, because you look cute, you look pretty. Um, we are now going to do our incredible, incredible giveaway, sponsored by our friends at Garden Studios Hive. Oh, love it. Oh, let me, let me model this for you. So as well as a free studio session, Garden Studios Hive, we also have a lovely goodie bag for you. Um, so yeah, so everyone that came in here, you, you entered this raffle. Um, if, you, if you don't, if you don't uh, we'll, we'll figure out the terms and conditions in terms of your qualifications. No, I'm joking. But <laughs> But no, we really want to support the next generation of talent. And I've been working with the amazing Garden Studios Hive studio for the last two months, uh, recording the next series of the Mainstream Podcast. We've been having so much fun at the studio, so I wanted to also extend that invitation. They've kindly offered a free studio uh, session. So I'm going to dip my hand in a raffle ticket. If you've got one, be prepared to see if you're a winner. I re oh, I went really deep. Sorry. Whoever that is, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Ooh, this seems like an early entrant. So you deserve this. Number nine. Hey! Anna Marie. Yes. And she is a presenter. So this makes sense. Congratulations. This is for you, darling. Well done. So happy for you. Hey, show it. Hey, hey. Well, this is the end of the Mainstream Live Show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to my special guests. I love you. I love you. Thank I love you. you. Oh, Thank you to everyone Can I that's just been say, here. sorry to interrupt. I have a show on the 22nd Please of September. Please come. It's yes. just a comedy show. I'm launching the book and it's a bit of a party. It's Woo! at the Bloomsbury Theatre next Friday. If you want tickets on my Instagram in the link. But please, come. please support come, London. Come. Please follow the ladies. Please support the mainstream as well as we continue to do more events like this. Um, hopefully, we're just going to keep getting bigger and better. Um, 
I've got to say thank you again to London Podcast Festival for having us. Thank you to our sponsors, Luke Belair, uh, Garden Studios Hive. Also to everyone that's been just supporting us from the team, the mainstream team, you're incredible. Thank you, aw, thank you, darling. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I honestly love my girl boss team. Yes, we literally, it's all amazing black women that are creatives and we just come together and work together. So I'm so grateful for all of you amazing ladies and thank you for you as well. So we better go because <laughs> to be fair, we started late, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you again for being here. Please share, post about the event, let people know. And um, yeah, I've been your host from Royal London. Thank you, good night. Thank you for listening to the Mainstream Podcast with me, Ramel London. Make sure you subscribe, rate and review on Apple and Spotify and follow us at The Mainstream UK and at Ramel underscore London.